Hey guys, and welcome back to Block Party. Today we have a great episode for you guys. It is about blockchains. Hopefully everyone knows what Ethereum is, but if you don't, don't worry, we got you covered in this episode. We also speak about what blockchains are, some layer one protocols and layer two protocols, and why we should care what the future of the blockchain looks like. We also cover some of the other blockchains as well, including Solana, Avalanche, Cardano, and others. We had a great time making this episode, so we hope you enjoy. Block Party is a tech culture podcast. We do tech for the people. We cover topics ranging from cryptocurrencies, blockchain, augmented reality, artificial intelligence, and more. Our guests include entrepreneurs, creatives, and influencers. Block Party takes a unique view of tech through the lens of the people living it. Block Party is tech culture. from beautiful manhattan it's cold as hell outside but the money is flowing the tech is flowing and me and z gathered here today to talk about uh a lot larger concept than we usually talk about i mean a lot of our concepts that we've done in the last week were very large concepts but we wanted to uh basically analyze and break down um the concept of blockchains as they exist today because obviously that's what the news is talking about uh, not just online, like your local news is probably talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency now. And they're talking about terms like blockchain. And like we use a lot more complicated terms like DAO, obviously, we did an episode on and the concepts of Web3. But we wanted to explain today, like the, the importance of what blockchain technology is what are the different protocols that are involved in the space today and basically compare them head to head and talk to you about why certain blockchain protocols are succeeding today, why certain blockchain protocols are better than other blockchain protocols, and what this will basically mean for us in the future. So, uh, Z, if you wouldn't mind, just break down, as you know it, what the concept of blockchain actually is. For our audience, please. Yeah, sure. So if you guys aren't familiar, you've probably heard the term blockchain thrown around quite a bit. But I mean, essentially, blockchain technology is just a a new type of infrastructure, right? It's the underlying structure of decentralized networks. um, And it essentially solves, you know, a host of problems, including decentralization, security, uh, scalability. But it's, it's essentially just the meaningful distribution of computing power and consensus throughout a network. And it allows the distributed nodes to stack blocks on top of, each, uh, on top of one another. And these blocks contain chains of data. And that's, that's... Now, if you understand what that means, that's okay. It's not really necessary to understand 
uh, how a blockchain works. Um, but I think as we go th throughout this podcast, you'll get a better understanding of it. It's basically un like understanding how an HTTP protocol would work or something like that, right? That's the foundational um, protocol layer for, for the internet, for the web, web two. Um, you don't need to understand how it works, but once you do, it's kind of cool because you get a better understanding of all the layer one solutions, such as Ethereum and how they plan to scale these platforms and, you know, make the, uh, the crypto sphere uh, a better, right? More, more scalable, faster, secure, et cetera. And let's, and let's start there actually, because you used the term right there, layer one. And, uh, conceptually speaking, a lot of people are going to have, uh, a hard time understanding the difference between layer one and layer two. Um, but in, in yeah. very, very simplistic words, what, what would you describe layer one as essentially you mentioned Ethereum, but if you would have so, to give so the grant, so let's say, let's say generally, and when we talk about the decentralized ecosystem or web three in general, layer one would refer to a blockchain. Or, or a type of blockchain, right? So a layer one protocol would be, for example, something like Bitcoin, the Bitcoin network, the Litecoin network, Ethereum, right? Those are all layer one solutions. Um, layer, layer one solutions you could think of as like the base layer of, of, of the blockchain protocol itself, right? Mm -hmm. And um, this, this, is, this is basically what it is, you know? Uh, so, you know, layer one solutions are important because depending on what you want to do, right, um, it's important you use the right layer one. So for security or for speed uh, or for scaling, or let's say uh, you're trying to maximize overall network throughput, you know, you want to make sure you're on the right layer one. That's why, I mean, I'm, we're kind of, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here, but I think the future is, you know, multi-chain, right? There's not, there's not going to be like, you know how typically it's a, winner take most type of situation. Mm -hmm. I think the future is going to be sort of, um, you know, sort of like that, but also there's going to be room for different blockchains, right? Depending on what you want to do. And there's going to be cross-chain functionality and layer two, again, I'm getting ahead of myself, but layer two uh, uh, infrastructures that'll help us better navigate those, uh, those multi-chain solutions that, that are going to comprise, you know, web three. So, so um, it's not just going to be like, oh, Ethereum's going to take it. Just, you know, like, We'll get into it. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit for sure. But again, there, there's a lot of layer one solutions and there's a lot of layer two solutions. So just having a conceptual understanding uh, or fundamental understanding my bad, of, of what these uh, blockchain uh, scaling or these blockchain solutions are do and, um, you know, which ones do what better it, it will help you kind of navigate and, and invest and, you know, all that all that good stuff. And, and let's let's talk more broadly about this. But in general, why is it I, like how, why would you say the what are the benefits of building on the blockchain? Like, obviously, they're the obvious ones like decentralization. There's just increased security because there's no one focal point of attack. Uh, but, you know, the, the, in your eyes, do you see what are the obvious benefits to building using a blockchain yeah, protocol? So so, so you're, you're, so you're basically asking why, right? Yeah. Like, what's the why? why? What's the point of all this? Yeah. What's the why? Like why, why are we even doing all this? Right. Yeah. So, uh, finance, a financial, um, world, you know, it's built on like, all hold on, hold on. Could, I, I apologize. Kind of... Uh, do you mind, do you mind running that for a bit? It seems like, uh, 
it got a little scraggly over here on my side. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Am I am I coming through clear? Yeah, yeah. Now you are. Yeah. <clears throat> you yeah. Saying? So I mean, yeah. You know, we we need we 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 got to throw the whole thing out. You know, we like currently what what we have uh for finance, for example, is really slow, right? And it's not scalable. And maybe people know or they don't know, but it takes a while to clear you know certain transactions. So, you know. Credit card companies, um, they have certain infrastructures in place, but we want we want faster, we want better, we want instantaneous transactions, right? And and we want uh, global and global transactions, right? So you'd you'd be able to send hundreds of millions of dollars in seconds versus the current um, fiat system, which, which which takes a while to send a sum of money like that, right? You would need some sort of um, bank transfer like Swift or some sort of protocol, and those aren't necessarily the best protocols right for for sending large sums of money maybe for fiat but we can do better you know what i mean we're, we're in 2021 so and even analyzing that like building yeah. on top of what you just said uh like protocols like swift are pretty centralized protocols that these bank consortiums use in general they weren't built with like a grand scheme in mind they were built for one right. purpose one purpose only they're not really as flexible as we need them in and then in an ecosystem, excuse me, in an ecosystem that is growing rapidly as transactions are increasing, as different ways to transact are increasing, it's just not feasible just to use that kind of protocol moving forward. Yeah, if, if, of course, for for decentralized, you know, any type of decentralized product like cryptocurrencies, we can't even use that legacy infrastructure, right? We can't use that traditional type of infrastructure anymore to to do anything so we need to reimagine or recreate the internet basically and we need to do it on decentralized layers so you're gonna you're gonna real well we're gonna as we get into it we're gonna realize that there's multiple um blockchain architectures right for different you know different companies and different groups of people are competing for you know that proof of concept that that first layer that layer one that's going to take it all again i don't think it's going to happen like that a lot of people think ethereum is the one you know but as we see even though ethereum has you know added massive value to the crypto ecosystem i still think that it has plenty of ways to go and it can be improved upon as we've seen from you know new new uh competitors in the space such as solana such as avalanche and just i mean just speaking on ethereum um, yeah. Chris, yeah, it, it's it's the most po popular platform, and um, it, uh, by market cap, it, it it's number two. It's definitely number two uh, right but, now. Yeah, but but we've we've seen we've this year alone, you know, like ETH has been essentially uh, plagued by super high gas fees, uh, slow transaction speeds, just general congestion on the network, and that has to do with the way. It was structured in the in the beginning, right? And you know, there's talk of uh, creating sharding solutions. And I remember all you that were stuff. telling me talking to me about this a long time ago, uh, not not long time ago, but definitely within the last year, year and a half. And you was you were just talking about the plaguing concerns of why Ethereum is ultimately uh, not really an efficient solution right now. I mean, it's the popular solution, but uh, what did you mean by like at its base? uh when when talking about these layer one protocols 
So I I think Ethereum is a secure is one of the most secure layer ones, right? Mm-hmm. And that has to do with the number of validators on the network, the number of uh, decentralized nodes, and just the the mass effect of the network, right? So Ethereum is definitely a secure network to build something on, but it's not necessarily the best network to build something on if you're looking for high network throughput. At least not yet, right? There's a bunch of layer two solutions working uh, to to improve that. And and just for everyone who's who's listening, a layer two is basically <clears throat> a technology that operates on top of an underlying blockchain protocol to to improve scalability and efficiency, right? Mm. So, an example of this would be Polygon, right? Polygon is at or Matic. Polygon is actively uh I don't know what they call it. Is it Matic or Polygon? I, I think their ticker's Matic. It's anyway, poly. the poly, right? Oh, okay. So they rebranded, but the um essentially, and and that's why they blew up over the past year because oh yeah, their ticker is Maddox though. So oh, they um yeah, so they're they're one of the uh more prevalent layer two solutions for Ethereum, and what what they are trying to do is basically scale the Ethereum network they're, because they're, they don't want to throw out the Ethereum network at all. You know, it's it's a uh, it's a scaling solution for Ethereum, right? So Ethereum super secure has a large uh, network effect. So you know, let's use that to to our advantage, and let's create a scaler two, or I'm sorry, a layer two, that um that will scale this, right? So basically, what layer twos do is they shift a, a portion of the blockchain's protocol transactional burden to an adjacent uh, architecture or Polygon's architecture, and then this can handle the network processing. And, you know, it, it only reports back to the original layer one solution once uh, the, the results of the blockchain have been finalized. Right. So, yeah, essentially, they're they're abstracting data to an auxiliary architecture. And and this allows the, the base layer, right, Ethereum to become less congested. And ultimately or hopefully, you know, the, the, the hope is that more scale it becomes more scalable this way. Right. Um, and there's a whole bunch of tech tech jargon that you guys, again, you don't need to know, like optimistic roll-ups, ZK roll-ups, you know, like there, there's a whole bunch of uh, tech that they're trying to implement in order to, to, to complete or to uh, complete this, right? Yes. To complete this um, layer two type of solution. But that's Ethereum in a nutshell, right? Ethereum, the big bad EVM, right? Ethereum virtual computers or machine. So um, I, mean, I don't know, what's your opinion, Chris? I, 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 here's my opinion on Ethereum as a whole. Obviously, Great work to Vitalik Buterin, great work to the entire Ethereum organization and the foundation for developing a platform and a technology to uh, basically create the concept of a machine that we can build on. Because the truth of the matter is, is that when people think about crypto, they think about Bitcoin because it's the largest one. But you're not. And Bitcoin also is a, a layer one network, but you don't really build anything on Bitcoin. You Bitcoin is not good for the the operation that you want and at the time ethereum was saying let's be more than just a store of value let's actually build something that people can implement and utilize in their daily lives and business to business uh but the truth of the matter is is that foundationally speaking there are so many new protocols today and we'll discuss a few of them that are addressing the base problems that Ethereum can't address yet anyway, uh, unless if they completely revolutionize. Uh, for example, if we, we talked about this on our DAO episode, but the, the truth of the matter is, is that somebody found a flaw inside of Ethereum 
and was able to basically extract a million of dollars worth of tokens and they had to fork it and that's what became ethereum classic and ethereum as we know it today so you you end up with these situations of at what point does the machine not be able to be built up to be to be developed even further and i think it's i think it's pretty i think it's pretty interesting to think about where we are going in terms of layer one protocols and i think another one that both you and i z are familiar with is solana um i i mean you know how i feel about the solana ecosystem i think it's very effective it's it's being labeled as the ethereum killer and honestly for for good reason uh one of the best reasons i think in my opinion for solana and arguing why this is piggybacking on something that you said earlier z where you were saying that just the gas fees are just so incredibly high for any given transaction and the the reality is for the people who don't know at home when we speak about gas fees we literally mean the cost to process a transaction so let's say z wanted to transact uh to send me money using ethereum or he wanted to uh mint something to the blockchain on ethereum the cost for that is so not only fluctuating from any given moment it's not consistent it's just very very high it, it's one thing to say like oh this is going to cost me five dollars to transact or this this particular transaction is going to cost me ten dollars to transact but like to mint a mint a to mint anything uh mint an nft for example which is the hot thing today on ethereum costs you could range from cost one day to fifty dollars to 150 dollars and that's just not acceptable when you're thinking about doing something like this where solana has very 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 low uh transaction costs to be able to send money to mint anything you could have transaction constant uh transaction costs constant under a cent or two cent it's very it's very interesting stuff yeah and and a couple of things i, I did want to add uh, i just want to interrupt was go ahead, go ahead. so the, the 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 blockchain for for the for instance the bitcoin network it can be scaled on right and there's a, there's a few uh there's a few people working on that right so the the lightning network exists as well and the reason you the reason you'd want to scale uh an already popular network like ethereum or bitcoin is because the power and security behind the network is is what what makes it so attractive especially to large financial institutions and companies are looking for se secure transactions right solana is definitely much faster right and yeah like like you mentioned chris the, the average cost is something like what is it like point zero zero i'm like like zero Less zero than a cent. yeah yeah like point zero 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 two five which it sounds like it's unnecessarily cheap but you guys have to understand that when there's massive amounts of transactions daily by large companies i'm talking in the tens of thousands of tra transactions daily that that looks really attractive you know to, to companies creating those transactions so maybe not to you individually like there's no difference for for you uh for an avax or avalanche transaction or solana transaction because it'll cost you you know a few cents either way but for for large companies or mega enterprises it does matter you know so so that's definitely something that solana provides that ethereum for instance cannot right now at least um and if you think about it, i read this stat uh sometime today actually in preparation for this conversation is that uh this year alone there were over 180 million different individual transactions 
that were occurring uh, monthly. 180 million transactions occurring monthly. On, meaning, the, uh, on the Ethereum network? Not on the Ethereum network, on, in, in our regular fiat system happening today. Uh, okay. so, so think of it, and that's just in finance. That's not even for like just sending money or just like to do but, anything. For, like, for the internet, right? Yeah. Because remember guys, like the, we're, we're talking about a world computer. So it, it wouldn't just be finance, you know, like a financial protocol. It would be for the entire internet, for everything the internet can do, or you can imagine it can do in the future. We would need a layer one solution that would be able to handle that network throughput. So it's important. It really is. It really is one of the most important things. Like, how can you scale this layer one? And, um, you know, some people look at the Ethereum, uh, the, the transactions, the the congestion essentially, right? Because the congestion is what's causing the high fees, etc. Some people actually look at this in in a positive light. They say the reason there's congestion is because uh, due to the high popularity of the network, right? So. Um, they they argue that if the other chains were as popular as Ethereum, then they would have the same scaling and congestion issues. Now, um, we don't know yet because n no other network has been tested like the Ethereum network. So all yeah. the all the all the transactions and all you know all the theoretical transaction per second you know uh, stats that these networks provide are technically only theoretical because they they haven't really been tested. Right. So only once the networks have been tested to the limit, because right now the, the the Solana network, while while popular, is still not as, as used as the Ethereum network or the Bitcoin network. So, again, going back to the Bitcoin network itself, there's a couple companies like Stacks, which is uh, really impressively creating its own layer one solu solution. And it's essentially trying to use the Bitcoin network, which is the most secure blockchain and operation, right? The Bitcoin it has the most computing power behind it to essentially fuel the execution of smart contracts. So you would have the security of the Bitcoin network behind mm -hmm. stacks, which would be the layer one protocol. And that's definitely something to consider, guys. So you have a layer one that's super efficient. You can build dApps on it. You could build all anything you could build on Ethereum, you could build on stacks. And stacks could have that copycat project, NFT copycat project uh, for, for CryptoPunk. So you know, you could build NFTs, you could build dApps, and, um, you know, stacks would be powered by the, by the Bitcoin network. So there's definitely a whole bunch of uh, different blockchain solutions. And I, Chris, I know you, you were a fan of uh, Solana, and Solana is definitely impressive. But they're not uh, the only one, obviously. They're, they're, they're not the only one. Um, you know, one of the issues that I had with Solana is that, you know, it's not fully decentralized yet. But, you know, again, um, a lot of proponents of the network, they, they say that this is going to change in the near future as more validators join the network. So there's no like Boolean value for whether or not a network is, is Quote unquote. yes, decentralized yeah. or, un, or, or not decentralized. Right. So yeah, it's just, uh, it's just, uh, how decentralized it is. Right. So far, I think the Bitcoin network is the, the most decentralized network, but, um, you know, as, as the network grows, there's more validators. They join again, you're going to have a more uh decentralized solana so um i think the one, one of the one of the uh blockchain networks that you were talking about was avalanche as well avalanche has seen massive spikes in its uh value as well as its um price on on coin market cap recently yeah and and uh just to let everybody know these are obviously not the only we're gonna bring up a few of them in passing today obviously we don't want to spend too much time on any individual one but 
There are a whole bunch of them, but the ones that we really were keeping our eye on obviously has to be Avalanche because they're doing something very similar to Solana. Uh, they have very high speeds for execution of contracts. It's Solidity supported. It uh, Solidity supported. It's got great architecture. They use a try. They use a tri blockchain architecture um, to be able to mimic some of the things that Ethereum is able to do to validate uh, and administrate. And to be able to create new digital assets, uh, these are commonly on the Avalanche chain known as the C chain, the X chain, and the P chain, so the CXP that creates Avalanche. Um, yeah. they're, they're and, doing... and some of the cool stuff about that is, is you could uh, actually um, transfer Avalanche to your MetaMask wallet, right, With, yeah. uh, on that C chain, on that cross chain. Yeah. So it's pretty and... cool stuff, right? That, I think that's super. I think that's super important too, because we mentioned this uh, the other day on our Web 3.0 uh, episode, where we were talking about, and also on our meta uh, metaverse episode, where it's really important for these tokens, for these digital assets, to not just exist in one chain or another, or just like these one singular ecosystems, but their ability to uh, involve themselves in other ecosystems to be read by different products and just the more access that a particular chain can provide the bigger the adoption will be in the future once uh your nieces and nephews your younger cousins they'll be the ones really fully realizing the effect of the blockchain in the same way we in our generation fully realize the effect of social media uh with like the advent of facebook so uh, it's it's super important i think avalanche is really going to achieve that there are a lot of good projects being built on it um Another another great product that's also being uh, developed as well as Polkadot, uh, another large chain that right now is, I think, potentially undervalued in my opinion. Um, its whole blockchain is designed for interop interoperability. Jeez, I'm I'm missing my my, my words today, mind you. Uh, yeah, we we but, got some big words here though. You know, yeah. Parachaining, like yeah. So and, it's definitely it's, it's no Polkadot is I don't know if it's undervalued. See like. I don't know what undervalued is for the layer ones because we don't know. We don't. Again, guys, the, you have to understand the value of of securing. Let's say, uh, let's say the winner takes most mentality applies here for mm -hmm. for one or two of these blockchains, right? These layer one solutions. We're talking about multi trillion trillions in market cap, right? So overvalued um at 40 billion is is uh you know is laughable because they they're essentially conquering web3 right or they, yeah. they would they, they would be the they would be the protocol layer upon which everything is built on the uh on the web3 on the internet yeah. on the new internet and um if you're talking about essentially having a piece of everything on the decentralized web i mean you know, ten trillion, a hundred trillion. Like, what, what, what value? What kind of value can you? How can you evaluate that? You know, it, it, it's almost like infinite value, right? Yeah. So this, these are the, these are the early days, right? Where, the wild where, west. Where we kind of really the wild west, where we kind of really see like who's gonna take this, right? Which, which, um, which protocol layer is gonna take the uh, the Web three? And again, I don't think there's gonna be one. I do think there's gonna be some big ones, right? I do think there's gonna be like maybe two or three or four at most, I guess, you know, the, something similar to how we have, you know, a, a big four 
Bang or or uh, you know Five maybe. But again, it, I think it's going to depend on which network uh, and and what or what you want to do on which network, right? So Polkadot is definitely one. Um, and I, I think it's I think Polkadot from from what I've read is an open source sharding multi chain protocol, right? Yeah. Um, and and it allows essentially or facilitates the cross chain cross chain transfer of any data asset. Um, so not just tokens, but also any type of data. Yeah. Um, so the 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 cool thing about Polkadot is that it can theoretically make a wide range of blockchains interoperable with each other, and that would that kind of fits into my uh, thesis of how the future of blockchains would operate, you know, uh, cohesively. So, um, you know, Polkadot's definitely one. I agree with you, Chris. We do have Cardano. Cardano's a, a heavyweight because it's been in the game for so long. And, um, you know, it, it's been founded by some very uh, academic minds. So the co-founder, that. the co-founder is Charles Hawkinson, Hoskinson, who was the co-founder of uh, what's it called? Um, Ethereum. And obviously he's a heavy hitter in blockchain he saw that the the flaws and the failures that were present in ethereum he went and developed an, a proof of stake protocol or helped develop a proof of stake protocol and inside uh coinciding with a lot of uh different academic institutions i remember first hearing about a whole bunch of universities going online with cardano and developing how the cardano infrastructure would grow okay and I know Cardano has some really, <clears throat> you know, ardent supporters who definitely believe uh, Cardano is the one, right? So there's a bunch of hodlers for ADA that, you know, they just absolutely love the project. So it has a huge uh, network effect behind it. And I think it's still pretty high up on uh, point market cap in terms of uh, in terms of its market cap. I think it's still in the top five, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest, and and this Excuse is me. this is very... oh no no Solana recently knocked it out of the top five, so Cardano sitting is, at this is where my six. problem with with Cardano actually comes, and whether it's reflected on Car on Coin Market Cap, whether it's reflected in the communities that support it or not, the truth of the matter is is I physically can see the the platform that Solana is building. You know, I can see that it's doing X, Y, and Z and NFTs on layer two protocols being built on top of it, uh, the different functionalities for it. I don't really, despite Cardano being in the game for so long, it's not really, and like you said, this goes to your, to your, to your thesis about like uh, uh, multi-chaining. And I want you to have a whole section on that uh, once I'm done here. But the, 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 the concept of, of Cardano being specifically built for these institutions keeps it very far from me as uh as your standard user of this new frontier to really see that that great value that all these like hodlers are actually holding like these diehards for cardano i mean that's yeah. just me though i mean so it, it, instead of being practical you're saying it's it's much more heady a little bit more academic right um yeah. I, I think they recently dropped uh, they recently dropped the ability to create uh, decentralized applications and um, NFTs on on their chain on their layer one. But the uh, I guess the complexity of the DApps that you can create on the on the Cardano blockchain right now is kind of limited, right? So it's not just it's not just the practicality. Um, it's also the uh, 
it's also kind of the la- lack of ecosystem, right? So it, I would say there's a lot of other layer one solutions that also have this issue. And Solana is interesting in the fact that it, it has a pretty robust ecosystem already for being so new, right? Relatively new to mm-hmm. the game because it came up pretty quick, right? This year alone, I think, I think the, you know, the perc- in, in terms of, you know, uh, price, price year to date was something like 14,000%, which, which is crazy growth. I don't think any other layer one solution can boast that type of growth. So, you know, there, there's a lot of layer ones that are very similar to Cardano in the, in the sense that you know, they have a lot of talk and, and, and you know, they, a lot of theory and a lot of great developers, a lot of great people behind the project. But in terms of practicality, it's Avalanche and Solana that we've seen uh, more recently have the most decentralized applications, the most use cases, right? The most people using it. And the user effect is not something that we could just ignore, right? User effect is important because no matter how fast and like how much network throughput and, you know, how safe and secure the network is, it's really ease of access. It's really, uh, you know, user experience that's going to trump everything. To say something like, oh, Android is better because Androids have higher transaction speeds, blah, 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 blah. You know, like you're completely ignoring the actual end user, right? And, and the reason Apple's so, so popular and successful is because the ecosystem Apple's built trumps anything Android has done, right? So there. I really yeah. do think that, I really do think that, that, that that's going to, that's definitely a winning formula, right? If you build out an ecosystem, you create a very satisfying user experience, which Solana has definitely done. You know, so Solana's, uh, you know, Solana's up there in in my book. I, I definitely do think that, and I'm not endorsing Solana, by the way, guys. But yeah, we're, I we're not getting we're not getting no tokens from nobody. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah we're not getting anything. But I definitely do enjoy using uh, Solana. Um, so it, you know, it, it's it's simple to use. It's clean. Uh, it's fast. That it's cheap. You know, so it's definitely, you know, it's definitely a good layer one for, from. From my uh, from my vantage point, um, and and before and before we like conclude this episode, I, I do want to uh, expand a little bit on that topic that you were you were bringing up. Um, the concept of like, what does the future of these uh, protocols actually look like, and and how how do we use it? How how are people going to move forward in this? Because uh, you brought up something very interesting about like the Apple versus Android thing. We live, we lived during a time where, you know, if you wanted to be a Mac user or if you wanted to use any Mac applications, you needed a Mac. If you wanted to use any PC applications, you needed a PC to do anything. Uh, from one thing to another thing, there were literal hardware limitations for people to achieve. So they had to choose how they wanted to play or how they wanted to engage in digital technology but these blockchains aren't that there's not really a hardware limitation for us to experience as the end user so as as the developers i guess are thinking and i guess from a user perspective how do you actually see what what is your thesis on how this game plays out right so again it goes back to what why like why are we using blockchains so again greater transparency right blockchains you know uh you know uh, obviously all the public addresses are open to viewing so it's one of its greatest characteristics that the transaction ledger is available for, for the public to see it's more efficient right due to its centralized na- nature um it, it removes that intermediary that's uh that's so present in web 2 and, and most of our web 2 style applications uh it's much more secure 
right? Because of, because of the record keeping systems, it's encrypted, um, you know, it's immutable, right? There's improved uh, traceability, right? Within the blockchain ledger, that there's reduced mm -hmm. cost for transactions. So whichever blockchain is able to capitalize on all these factors is the blockchain that's gonna win, right? And if you include the user experience and building a robust ecosystem with many decentralized applications, many NFTs, um, and just make it easier for developers to build on, on the ecosystem, right? So, you know, um, Solidity is definitely a unique programming language, um, but th there's just so much more, you know, um, promise in certain other programming languages. And I'm not knocking Ethereum or any other blockchain that's building on Solidity. I'm just saying, you know, you, there, there's, certain, there's certain things that, you know, make for a better experience not just for users but for the developers because remember the developers are the ones building the applications if it's hard for them or annoying or frustrating or or you know what have you if it's it's just a, a, you know frustrating for them to build on on a on a layer one solution then they're not going to do it and uh, you know something like solana comes along and it's like hey we have a fully built out sdk for our developers um super cheap to build um you could build anything you want right and the language you you, you know you, i think uh, Sol uh solana uses rust which which is a pretty available and widely known language. And there's so many people learning the, the, that programming language. So again, you know, like you have your developers on board, you have your users on board, and then you have all the typical benefits associated with blockchain in general. You know, that's, that's what the future looks like, which whichever protocol layer can, can satisfactorily, you know, fulfill all those factors, they're going to win. You know, that, that's all you need to, you know, the best user experience for its, for its developers, for its users, and for companies and large enterprises that want to conduct business on those blockchains. And that, that's where the winners are going to be. You know, they're going to be found there. And, you know, we can't, obviously, we can't um, eliminate anyone just yet. But, you know, there's a bunch of notable mentions, right? There's, and you guys, you, you, you should, you guys should definitely, you know, do some research. I'm not, we're not advocating for any of these networks, by the way, but Bring you know, them some, to are, some are, some are. Some are impressive. You know, you you have some notable mentions here. You know, you got Harmony, uh, Ticker One. You got Phantom. Phantom's a big. Phantom came up in a big way, right this year. Yeah. Um, some Algorand. notable other one. Algorand. Algorand is huge, right? I actually really enjoy using Algorand. Super fast, amazingly fast, right? You got Atom, right, or Cosmos. Um, uh, one that probably have, twos. yeah. There's probably one that people don't really remember or will ever actually really know, but Quorum was developed by JP Morgan Chase, which all the banks are now using for their end. You know, it's a it's another layer one that you don't know about and the public won't know about, but obviously they're more pro they're more than what you just see on the top coin market caps. There are solutions that aren't even listed. Exactly. And and a lot of the ones we just mentioned came up in a big way is because we need we need diversity in in our layer ones right now especially since well ethereum is kind of you know um taking its sweet time <laughs> so yeah. and it's also super it's it's also expensive you know it's expensive to transact on the ethereum network again there's pros and cons right again uh super secure network super large network effect and um you know some people argue that the reason it's congested is because it's popular and you know it's just growing pains right but that, um, i hate i hate that argument honestly because that's like the Oh, that's like the good problem to have mentality about it. No, that's not that the good problem to have mentality is good from 
not that that's not good for nobody. The good the good problem a good problem is having no problems. Right. Exactly. Well, you know, it, it you can't have no problems, but in, yeah, uh, you know, fair. the the thing with Vitalik and and the Ethereum developers of the Ethereum Foundation is they they were the first ones to do it, so they didn't have anyone to kind of like learn from. They they kind they of did it. Um, they they you know, paved the they, way. They learned as they failed. Yeah, exactly. They paved the way. So again, guys, a lot of the uh, the ones the the layer ones we mentioned actually forked off of the Ethereum uh, code, right? And then they they modified with improvements. So Aval I know Avalanche did this as well. So th there's there's a few there's a few chains right that built from the ground up. Solana is one of them. Algorand is one of them, right? But if you look into the code base for some of these networks, you, you'll realize that they were forked off the Ethereum network. That doesn't mean they're inferior to Ethereum or they're, they're somehow, you know, like uh, Ethereum copycats. It actually is a testament to how good Ethereum is, right? So I'm not, uh, by, by no means am I advocating, oh, like Ethereum's out of the picture, right? I, I really, yeah. really, really doubt that. I really doubt I Ethereum's have, out of the picture. Yeah, they're not going nowhere. Like, I yeah. just, I'm so just going to spell least, it for everybody. They, they would just they would they would have to dramatically you know mess up you know in in a spectacular fashion for for them to get taken out of that uh, number two spot in my opinion. So, uh, Z, thank you once again for taking the time to discuss with me about like the nature of what the landscape is looking right now. And once again, we recommend everybody to do their don't their own due diligence, get your own research, yeah. and let us know what else you want to hear next, guys. We're getting really good positive Definitely. feedback on our episodes. Really. So. I really, I really enjoy this podcast, guys. You know, um, it's basically wacky racers out there with all these different uh, layer one solutions. So, you know, everyone has some pros and cons and strengths and weaknesses. And it's up to wacky you racers. as a, straight up. And it's, uh, it's up for, to you guys, to, you know, to figure out wh which one works best for you and, you know, to invest wisely, you know, and try them out. You know, like that's the beauty of it. You don't need to because investing is one thing, but I definitely do think that just you use the protocol, see how you like it, you know, d download the wallet, download the, uh, you know, just check it out to see, see how it works. Send some money, send some, uh, you know, send some NFTs, look, look, see, yep. see what it's about. Yeah, get, get, we recommend everybody get into the game because you're going to want to say that you got into the game now before having to learn it once everybody else is learning it, you know? Exactly. Now is the time. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. See you guys. And this was the Blockchain Overview episode of Block Party. This episode was brought to you by Zigabor and myself, Chris Wong. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at It's Me Chris Wong and at Z Trapamoda. As always, we recommend our listeners do their due diligence and conduct their own research to stay as informed as possible. Make sure to like and follow us on Apple Music, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and give us all the feedback and any news you would like us to check out. We look forward to seeing you on the next one. Peace.